0: The following presentation has been prepared by the Video Tax News team for Canadian Tax and Financial Professionals. Program recorded February 20th, 2019. Enjoy. Welcome to the March edition of Life in the Tax Lane. And the gang is back, all three of us.
1: No dinosaurs, no snowmen, and I don't have to find out who would have replaced me. On with the show. Aw, oh, too bad. Uh, don't count your chances. Send your write in votes now. <laughs> All
2: right, so we got a lot of good stuff today. We're going to start off with the carbon tax. And oh my goodness, Mm. we got a lot of controversy around the carbon tax. And it is slated for federal purposes to commence April 1st of 2019 in four provinces and a few territories. So the provinces that we're really focusing on here, because you're going to be able to get a climate action incentive back, territories you won't, those are Ontario, New Brunswick, Manitoba, and Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty interesting because how How do you actually get this amount back? Well, guess what? You file your 2018 return and it will offset your tax in respect of that amount. So even though we haven't actually expended any amount on carbon tax yet, we're getting a benefit reduction of taxes in advance. So, you know, if you've got any clients in these regions, you're gonna have to fill out the new Schedule 14, figure out if they live in a CMA or not. If they don't, if they don't live in one of these census metropolitan areas, then guess what? They get an additional 10%.
0: you get rural areas. You live in a rural area, you get a little bit more money.
1: Wow. Now, I wonder what happens when this goes to court because that is supposed to happen in March. Mm-hmm. Well, if I already filed my return and got my rebate, and they lose in court and they don't get to impose the carbon tax. What does that mean for these incentives? Yeah. Uh, I don't think anybody knows the answer to that. We'll uh, go back and ask everybody may for the money. We find out the hard way. Yeah. 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 All right, what do we got next?
0: Yeah, we're talking about allowance or expense reimbursements. We're talking about our employees out there that may be incurring business employment-related costs personally. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, in many cases, that individual will keep the receipt, go to the employer, and get a reimbursement. Well, those reimbursements are non-taxable. But what if you want to make your life a little bit easier and rather than keeping the reimburse or keeping the invoice and receipts, pardon me, you just get an allowance from your employer to kind of approximate the cost that you would be incurring. Well, if you get that without the invoices or receipts, that's a taxable amount. It comes with a, a tax liability. However, there are certain types of specific allowances for which we can get non-taxable amounts. But those are uh, quite unique, and you got to follow, uh, you know, follow a number of rules to get those. So we had a technical interpretation this month that just basically reminded us that we could be following into these taxable allowances in unusual cases. Uh, In this case, we're talking about a bus driver who received uh, an allowance with respect to the cost that they incurred to have a cell phone needed for their employment, as well as washing the buses. And those were all taxable amounts there. I mean, if you do have a taxable amount, you may be able to claim employment expenses, uh, but that's a whole other can of worms there.
2: So now we move on to a quick valuation issue, Hugh.
1: Wow, valuations. And mm-hmm. I don't know if there's so much valuations, Joe, as valuation was the reason. Often we get the question. How long does CRA have to come back on my return? Because I'm a little nervous about this uncertain position. And when can I pop the champagne? (laughs) We normally, for owner-managed business, for individuals, we're looking at three years. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of provisions in the rule that says that can be extended. And I think the scariest one is, oh, you did something wrong, and it was because of carelessness or neglect. Well, then there is no limit. We get to come back as long in the future as we want to. And uh, we saw a recent example of that in front of the courts. Well, this individual had passed away. He's deemed to dispose of all his assets. He owns an asset that's a little challenging to value, shares of a private corporation. So they did a pretty basic quick and dirty valuation number and... uh, I think CRA thought it was more dirty than quick. There (laughs) were some numbers they didn't agree with, and five years after filing, back they come. Mm -hmm. Now we're getting a reassessment. Uh, Kate, I know what always scares me about this Mm -hmm. is, I go to my accountant and I go, Kate prepared my Mm -hmm. tax return. I don't know anything about taxes. They're complicated. Just show me where to sign and what check to write or expect in the mail. What happens if I don't review my tax return?
0: Oh, we've seen it time and time again, where the CRA says, "You don't review your tax return." Well, when you signed on the dotted line, you said you reviewed it, so we think you should have. And we would, uh, you know, take this as a position to find that you were careless, uh, neglectful, um, and, and we we can't open up those statute barred years. Sure, makes
1: it easy for the judge. Yeah. The, the other
2: thing I found interesting about this case is the timeline too. They they reassessed it five years later. So so what would have triggered their interest five years later? And and you know, my thought was, well, hey maybe at the five-year point you apply for a clearance certificate so that's basically asking CRA to do one last look at their uh, tax records make sure everything's in line so that the uh, executor can just distribute all the assets so maybe that's what triggered off uh, triggered this assessment
1: could very well yeah. be that they said let's wait until we're past the three years yeah because that would still give CRA several months to review and reassess within that five-year period
2: yeah. so let's move on to the next item OAS, OAS deferral so we've got our 65 year old and you're able to get OAS you know from that first month so there is the ability to defer receipt of OAS Um, you will get increased monthly payments by 0.6% for every month you defer it so it can get big 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 up to 36% in total increase Uh, so that is available now we had an individual this month we saw who uh, realized after their first year when they had applied for it that their income was too high and when you have income in excess of approximately seventy seven thousand you're going to have a 15% reduction on each dollar that you earn over that of the OAS benefit. So Mm -hmm. he had his full OAS clawed back and he thought, you know what, I shouldn't even have applied for this in the first place. I got no benefit from it. If I would have deferred it, I get bumped up payments in the future. Can I go back? Can I change it? Can I cancel it? And the answer is yes. But you got to cancel it within six months of that first payment. He was at about a year. That was too far, and there was nothing the court could do to help him out here. Now, there, there, the court did mention there is a special provision basically saying that, you know, if, if um, you followed bad advice from the administrators of it, uh, then maybe you've got an argument for the government to make you whole, but uh, it's still pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. you got to so be careful now. with making that application. I
1: would uh, say, Joe, it's... I don't find those government departments too enamored of admitting that their publications were poor advice. So a bit of a challenge, better to just not apply in the first place. And unfortunately, it's a knee-jerk reaction for a lot of 65-year-olds. That's
2: right.
0: Well, let's move on to the dedicated telephone service. We have a number of tax preparers out there, and you may be interested in this service that CRA provides. It's a special telephone number that you can call to access agents that may be a little bit more experienced to help you with technical tax queries, Those agents do not have access to individual or corporate uh, accounts, so you don't get to work on actual files, but more of a a technical resource. In the past, this was a pilot project only available to certain provinces. However, recently, this uh, project has been extended nationally, so anyone in any of the provinces or territories can apply to enter this program. And it also has been extended to be be available to uh, not just the smaller firms. Those firms with up to 50 partners can also apply to be part of
2: this program. Well, why don't we move on to real estate, GST, Mm -hmm. HST, new housing rebate. Hugh, wow.
1: Maybe I can phone these guys and get some advice there. Uh, Obviously, we're seeing a lot of action from CRA reviewing these claims, Mm -hmm. a lot of disallowances, and one of the big questions is to get the new housing rebate, Basically, I, or someone I'm related to, has to intend to live in that property. Well, Syria gets a little suspicious about that when you take possession on Tuesday, there's a for sale sign on Wednesday, and two months later, the property is sold. Did you ever actually move in? Well, yes, I did. Prove it. Show me your moving expenses. Mm-hmm. Show me your change of address. Show me the stuff that proves you change your residency. Well, actually, I didn't, but I meant to when I signed the contract mm-hmm. two years ago. The world changed, and it changed my decision because I was frustrated in my original intention. Well, prove it. And what we're seeing, uh, certainly in one recent court case, is not enough evidence, not enough proof. Pay back your rebate, and you owe us some interest on that. Now, the other problem we've seen in the past, uh, and this one kind of scares me, well, often the builder says, we'll get that all taken care of for you you're a new home buyer. We can apply for the rebate on your behalf. Mm -hmm. Okay, terrific. But what if I wasn't really paying attention to what I was required for that, and it didn't occur to me that I'm not going to live in it. I'm renting it out. Not eligible. I don't get that rebate. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I would think big deal. I don't get the rebate. Okay, but I could have got a rebate for rental residential property. I've only got two years to file either one of those claims. If I made the wrong one, By the time CRA figures out I made the wrong one and that all gets cleared up, it's gonna be too late to file the right one. And we did see that in a recent Mm -hmm. court case that adding insult to injury took a long time for the builder to send the form in. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think by the time they knew they were getting their claim denied, it was probably too late. It's gotta be really careful that you're making the right application from the outset.
2: Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you very much for attending. Hope you have yourself a great rest of the month.
0: The Video Tax News team has been providing Canadian professionals with practical tax information for over 30 years. Subscribe to one of our tax newsletters or join us as we present live and online seminars relating to both personal and corporate tax. For more details, visit www.videotax.com. That's v i d e o t a x.com. The preceding information is for general informational purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive, and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts and circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more details, see videotax.com disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News Inc. 2019. All rights reserved.